and welcome to Gloucester Vineyard Church's weekly podcast. We're creating a community that brings hope and joy to Gloucestershire and we are thrilled that you've downloaded this message. We hope you enjoy this message and that it speaks to you where you're at. If you'd like to know more about us as a church or how you can join in on a Sunday morning, you can find all the details on our website, www.gloucestervineyard.org. So without further ado, here's the message for this week. The last 18 months of disruption um, is starting to fade into the background for now, hopefully, uh, forever. Um, and we really loved gathering last week. Um, long may it continue. Um, it was such a joy to see so many faces, so many new faces. You guys came back, fair play to you. Um, to celebrate communion together, to sing together. It was just a glorious time for all. And as we said last week, um, Daniel and I just wanted to take the first three talks of this new chapter um, to restate our vision and our values and chat a bit about what we think God um, has, has for us as a church in the coming years. Bon. Um, and this is something me and Daniel are getting used to, the three talks where it's both of us. Sharing the mic. We've got two mics this week, so that's slightly that better. That makes more sense. And we're standing up, so we're progressing forward. Yeah, yeah things are getting better week on week. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, planning this during the week was a less than <laughs> harmonious process. Lot, there's, a, there's about 16 documents floating around, like, which one are you editing? Are you editing this one or that one? I'm like, okay, this is, this is not working. But anyway. Thank we'll, you, we'll, Google Docs, we'll for helping us. Okay, before we go any further, really, really quickly, I just want to see a quick show of hands. I want to talk about division of labor within the household, okay, if that's all right. So... Um, can I just, does any, everyone here live with at least one other human being? Yeah, most people here do. There's a few people who aren't, but I imagine you can kind of cast your mind back to a time when you did. Um, and I think one of, we'll all agree that one of the secrets of living in harmony with other human beings is a decent division of labor within the household. Yes? Generally in agreement. Okay, I'm going to start some argument, arguments now. Let's, uh, let's just see, can I just see a show of hands if you feel like in your household at the moment there's a decent division of labor going on? Oh, okay, 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 there's a, okay, that's interesting. Right, let's see how we're doing with our kind of gender roles. Let's see how progressive we're doing. Who does most of the cooking of the meals in the house? Yeah, okay, fair play. We've got men and women. Well done. That's, um, that's warming to my heart. Uh, who takes the bins out? That's the real question, though, isn't it? Yeah. I like that yeah. Daniel's only oh, asking yeah. the ones that he does. Yeah, just I know, but there clarify. we go. What can I say? Um, and who does most of the laundry in the house? Can we just give Phil a round of applause? Phil's, Phil's just put his hand up for everything. I mean, he's absolutely running the Not house. questioned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've got absolutely nobody to question you. Fair play to you. Um, great. So all of us have our own jobs at home, right? Um, and let's just take a moment to appreciate those people who live on their own and have to do all of the jobs. I mean, round of applause for them. Fair play. I mean, absolutely. just remember who those people are. Food. Shout out to Jemima doing all of the jobs at home. Anyway, um, it just so happens that every now and again, we're called to chip in with other people's jobs. And let's face it, that is not a joyful experience. Whilst on lockdown, when I was in, on furlough for a bit, I kind of took over the laundry, which is something that Emily normally does in our household. Let me tell you, that job is an absolute nightmare. It is long and boring and arduous, and it never ends. From my perspective, if we're doing an equal division of labor, if one person has got laundry, that is more than enough for anything else. I was very glad when kind of normality resumed, and Emily wonderfully took a lot, of the, a lot of the laundry back. Um, 
But anyway, last week, as a church, we talked about discipleship or apprenticeship to Jesus and about how apprenticeship to Jesus is the means by which God is restoring humanity uh, and saving the world one life at a time, about how he invites us into uh, that relationship, no matter who we are or how we feel about ourselves, and how through being apprenticed to Jesus, we discover who we really are and what it means to be truly human. And if you missed that, you can catch up on our podcast. Um, But the whole point of making disciples is that that is the task that Jesus has given us to do. Uh, That's the task that he set before us. You know, we partner with him to do it, but the onus is on us to go and do it. So if we're having a conversation about, like, division of labor within the world, that's our task to do. That's the job that we've been given. But it's okay, because Jesus has got some jobs as well. Jesus has got his tasks that he's doing. Um, He actually said this to one of the first ever church leaders. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. So in the division of labor of the universe, we make disciples, but he builds the church. Yeah, did you catch that? He will build our church. Jesus has promised to build his church. And you know, when Jesus promises something, it's going to get done. Um, It has got done. I mean, look at the world today. It may not feel like it in the UK, but the global church is massive. It is everywhere, and Jesus will continually build his church. That is his job that he is busy doing, and our job is to go and make apprentices of Jesus, to love God and people, to seek the kingdom of God, and to make apprentices of Jesus. That's what we've been tasked with doing, and Jesus is tasked with building his church. And so this week, we're going to talk about what happens if we all take that seriously. What happens if we focus on apprenticeship to Jesus and making more apprentices? What happens if that goes according to plan? What if we learn to be a community who does discipleship really well? What if people continue to come along to experience the goodness of God and they begin this journey with him too? What if we do our job and Jesus does his job and the church and this church continues to grow with people starting their apprenticeship to Jesus? It is going to get crowded, even in this majestic sports hall here. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about multiplication. We're going to be talking about our hope, our expectation, and our ideas for this community as it grows. And we use those words quite deliberately because we do hope that this community grows, and we do expect this community will grow. Um, Not because Daniel and I are hell-bent on building an empire and a name for ourselves. I know you were all thinking it because we are quite egomaniacs. Um, It's not because we need bums on seats to make ourselves feel better and more successful. It's simply because Jesus told his apprentices to expect to see growth, to expect to see multiplication and fruitfulness in the wake of his expanding kingdom. Jesus wasn't shy about multiplication, about talking about it. It wasn't a dirty word or like a guilty pressure for him. Um, And in fact, he told two little stories called parables um, about his expanding kingdom and what it looks like. He said this, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. 
It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. And Jesus also also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour, a lot, it permeated every part of the dough. So Jesus is teaching his apprentices to expect growth, to expect expansion when the kingdom is involved, to expect fruitfulness. He's saying that there's no way of stopping his kingdom advancing, so we'd better be ready. God's kingdom is advancing into this broken world, and it's bringing hope, it's bringing healing, it's bringing restoration and peace and joy and love in its wake. God's kingdom is advancing, and it is mending broken bodies. It's healing troubled minds. It's fixing fractured relationships and restoring shattered communities. And we, as the church, get to be on the cutting edge of that advance. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of light pushing back the darkness. And we, as the church, we get to partner with God as he brings one life at a time back home, as he restores one body at a time back to fullness. God's kingdom is advancing, and it will continue to advance. And Jesus' church is growing, and it will continue to grow. It is such an unbelievable privilege that we as a church get to partner with God in this way, to join him in what he's doing in the world. But the question falls to us, as the kingdom of God advances, as Jesus builds his church, how are we, as Gloucester Vineyard Church, going to respond to that? Like, how are we going to continue to do those three things that are ours to do? How are we going to continue to love God, seek the kingdom, and make apprentices as our community continues to grow? Because the reality is, and it's a fairly well-observed fact, that the bigger that churches get, uh, the harder it is to keep doing those things effectively. And so really, we kind of, as a church, are going to be faced with a choice. Do we keep finding bigger and bigger buildings in order to kind of accommodate the growth that God is sending us? Maybe that's a pretty legitimate choice. Or maybe we could close the doors and be like, sorry, this one's full, go and find a different church. I don't like that option. Um, Or we can get creative. We can ask, how can we multiply in such a way that enables us to keep pace with what God is trying to do in our communities and trying to do through our church? Now, Emily and I, as we've been praying about what's coming next, we feel like now is the time to have this conversation about multiplication. Now is the time when we feel God calling us um, uh, to multiply when that time comes. Now, many of you will be looking around the church and thinking, this is by no means the largest church I've ever seen. We know. This is not a conversation about an immediate plan for multiplication, but rather this is a conversation about a multiplication mindset that we feel we need to start to foster as a community as we continue to grow. And so as we've been praying about this and seeking God over the last few years, we feel like we've got an inkling of what this could look like, but moreover, we have been compelled um, by a few values which we feel God has been highlighting for us as Gloucester Vineyard Church. Now, these values will certainly not be true of every church, um, and what we're trying to do is faithfully follow the way that we feel Jesus is leading this community. And so we just want to spend this last chunk of time um, unpacking three values we feel are really important as we think about this question um, of how we as a church are going to multiply well and healthily. 
Um, and the first is um, that small is beautiful. Um, that is simply to say that when it comes to church, there are some real natural advantages of being a small to medium-sized group. Um, nifty little bit of info for you. The natural human herd, side, herd size is about 60 or 70 people. Um, in a small group like this, um, it's much easier to know and be known by everyone. It's a more authentic and integrated community. In a group of around 60 or 70, people can know everyone's name, can naturally look out for one another. There is no place to get lost. And so we feel like, what if we leaned into that? What if, as a community, we just lean into that bit of like pop psychology on the human herd? What if by keeping things small, we're actually going with the flow of how we're naturally designed? What if by keeping things small, it's actually easier to keep things healthy and growing? Why wouldn't we lean into that? What if, even as we multiply, we keep things small? Lots of small communities rather than one big gathering. And what if, because of keeping small and connected, people knew our name, people chipped in with raising our kids, people looked out for each other when life hits the fan? What if, because of keeping small and connected, we are continually encouraged and loved to take our next step towards Jesus, to become more like him and become more fully human? The second value that we feel that God is nudging us towards is that actually being local is really, really key. And this is something that we felt really pushed into over COVID. Um, the eagle-eared amongst you may have noticed that we stopped talking about being called to Gloucester and started talking about Gloucestershire because the reality is um, that we now have people in our church from all over the county. And that is absolutely wonderful. And it was simply because we were meeting online and people could just really easily pop in and be welcomed and meet Jesus. It was fantastic. And now we love having people from the Forest of Dean. Woo. There we go. And from Stroud, Claire's saying yay. And from Tetbury, Angus and Katie are in Italy this week, so I'm sure they're saying yay from wherever they are. And we love having people from all over the county, and we're sure that there's going to be more people joining us from the, around the county as time goes on. Um, and we think that this is an, actually a really fantastic opportunity for us to show God's goodness to our whole county, not just the city of Gloucester. Do you know what Jesus says about each one of us here in the room? And yes, I am speaking to you as an individual. He says that you guys are the light of the world, that you are the light of the world. You are the Jesus people on your streets. You know, as much as we love coming here on Sundays, we re what we really want to do is fill people up and send them back out where they came from. We really want to fill people up, train people up, equip people up, and send them back to seek the kingdom in their towns and villages. What if, rather than being a church which drew people out of the villages, what if we were a church which sent people into the villages? What if we were, went to create little hubs of community in the villages around Gloucestershire? What if we could be flexible and creative in our expression of church so that those communities had the freedom to do something that will actually work in a rural context? What if each of us felt a calling to our own streets, to Abbey Mead and Quedgley, Churchdown and Matson, to get tooled up and sent out to seek the kingdom where we live? 
you know, that's actually what the Forest of Dean guys are going to be doing as of October. Woo! Come on. They're going to be starting to gather together on the first Sunday of the month. They're going to gather everyone there who identifies as part of our church. They're going to pray together. They're going to eat together. And they're going to look for opportunities to serve their neighborhood together. So we're not going to see them on that Sunday because they're going to be starting a little community out in the forest. Yeah. I mean, how exciting is that? Yeah. Come on. Don't we want to see more of that? Like, what could God do with that? Isn't that amazing? Where the heck are we on this? Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks so much. Um, isn't that fantastic? I just said that. Don't we want to see more of that? Great. I was on script anyway. Brilliant. Over to you. Brilliant. Um, and finally, um, so we've, we've had uh, small is beautiful, local is key, and the final one is um, that we want to be sent, not settled. Um, a few months ago, um, Lauren Hogarty, who's in Kids Church this morning, shared um, a word and a picture with us um, that she'd been given back just before they moved to Gloucester. And when she was explaining this picture, we felt like we'd have a bit of a punch in the gut, to be honest. Um, we really feel like, yes, it is for Gloucester Vineyard Church, so we're going to own it for ourselves too. Um, and as Lauren is in Kids Church, Ryan, do you want to come up um, and share it with us this morning? Hey everybody, um, we moved to the UK last year and um, so we were in, in Durban about May last year and we've always had a heart for the UK, which is why we're here and we really wanted to move here for many, many years and we felt it was the right time last year um, and we were just praying and asking God, what are we going to do in the UK? Um, <laughs> you know, quite important. Uh, so as we're praying and getting ready to move here, God gave Lauren a, a, a very clear picture of, um, of, has anyone watched the story of Dunkirk? You watched the movie? Yeah, I, I realize that it's your history. <laughs> so, um, um, and this picture of, this beautiful picture of these, um, these trade boats and, and fishing boats and um, flotillas and yachts uh, crossing the channel to go and rescue um, the trapped and cornered British army. Um, and so she had this, this beautiful picture of these, these tiny little boats coming across the channel and rescuing the hopeless and the weary and the tired and, and just this amazing picture. And um, it just kind of settled our hearts. And, and, and this was before we even kind of were joined to uh, Gloucester Vineyard or any church for that matter that um, what God had called all of us to was this beautiful story of actually just taking our little fishing boats, our little yachts, um, our little families and going, who can, we, who can we invite on board that's hopeless? Who can we invite on board that's tired and cornered and needs help? And just like, you know, losing that pressure of like this big thing and this big cause and this big purpose and going, actually, somebody just needs to be on this boat with me. Um, and yeah, that was, that was the picture. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan. And so how many of you have goosebumps like I do all over my body? Um, Jesus calls us to go. Not to settle and get comfortable, but to go. And we have a choice here. As, as our church continues to grow, it's going to become easier and easier in many ways for us to become really settled to get comfortable and just expect people to come to us. Um, and it's a lovely idea, but 
Jesus called us to go, to go out into the world that he loves, that we love, and to partner with him to bring his kingdom. Um, And that can be scary and daunting or exciting and wonderful, depending on how you are wired. Um, But from day one um, of Gloucester Vineyard, we have um, had serving our community as one of our key values and an important way we can grow in our individual relationships with Jesus, as a church with Jesus, um, and keep us always looking outward. Because we are called to go, to be sent and not settled. And so... To draw this all together, um, we have a choice as a church. In this moment of coming out of lockdown and quiet but unsettled times, what kind of church do we want to be? As this wonderful family grows and multiplies, um, we can form ourselves into a cruise ship. Big, slick, comfortable and impressive with a few members of staff keeping things going. Or... We can form ourselves into lifeboats, into smaller, more responsive, agile, more engaged. And I guess the question for us in deciding this is, what does Gloucestershire need? Are there people drowning around us? Are there people in the water who need to get on board? Because if there aren't any, then great, let's create a cruise ship. Pass me the mojitos, as far as I'm concerned. But if the water is full of people who need out, if we can see and reach people who are the victims of this broken world, people who are living in a deficit of hope and joy, whose marriages are breaking down, whose minds are plagued with anxiety, whose bank account is always overdrawn, people who carry anger wherever they go, People who chat forever because you're the only person they talk to and they're just really lonely. If we are looking around and we're seeing any of these people and more um, who need to meet Jesus, people who need to be saved in any sense of the word, then we have a duty to get our boat, however small, to go out and to help people get in. We are a community about hope and joy. We are a community of Jesus. We cannot just sit on our haunches, get cozy, and enjoy the ride. Okay. So, what do you think? Are you in? Like, do you see this vision? Can you feel this urgency, this idea of smaller, more local, dynamic kingdom communities all over the county? Like, does that resonate with you as it resonates with us? Because, you know, we just need to be really honest and say, like, if you're waiting for this to be like warehouse, smoke machine, lighting rig, big boomy speakers, like, that's not really where we're heading as a church, you know. And if you can see this, if you can resonate with this vision that we laid out, then if you can see the benefit of multiplying in this way, then, then we need to man the lifeboats, as Emily said. We need to come together and own this. And that's really what today is all about. 
as each of us begins to think about adopting this mindset, this mindset of multiplication, a mindset that is willing to go out and build relationships in our communities, to go and join some clubs, go and make some friends, go and find the loneliest person on your street, go and find the people who are broken and lost, even if that means coming to less church stuff. Yes, I said it. If that means coming to less church stuff, then please go and do that. I said it and I meant it. It's a mindset that is willing to invite people into our community, people who don't know Jesus, to come and experience his goodness. It's looking for opportunities to welcome people on a Sunday morning when they come, whether they look and think like us or not. It's a mindset that chooses to say, I'm the first person rather than I'm the only person. So I'm the first person here from Heinem, not I'm the only person here from Heinem. Or I'm the first person of my ethnicity, not the only person of my ethnicity. Or I'm the only retired person. I'm the first graduate, whatever it is. It's a mindset that chooses to engage with Emily and I as we prepare to multiply. It's a mindset that says yes as we... Uh, when the moment comes to be trained or when the moment comes to lead or to send or to be sent. Guys, this is not for us. This is not for this. This is for Jesus. This is for his kingdom. This is for our county. This is what it means to be an apprentice. So we're going to just spend the rest of our time this morning responding uh, in a variety of ways. So Brett, are you able to come and join us? That'd be fabulous. Thank you. Um, and so we're just going to spend some time doing business in our hearts with however this lands with us, because it's going to land with us all in different ways. Um, I think for some of us, like we said last week, this is just a moment to wake up. This is a moment to come out of COVID and remind ourselves of what it means to be an apprentice of Jesus, that, to kind of shrug off the cozy COVID mentality and remember that we are a people on a mission. Some of us need to take a moment to rededicate ourselves to this cause, and if that's you, then a fantastic way of doing that is with communion, which we've got this week. Some of us are scared and really don't want to do this because it sounds scary. Some of us don't want to do this because it sounds like an awful lot of hard work. You know, some of us are, you know, wherever we're at, wherever this strikes you, this is Jesus' mission. Like, are we about this or not? All of us are here because someone's invited us in. And I think the moment is now for us to be looking out and seeing who can we invite in now. Now it's our turn. So why don't we all stand up? I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us, and then we're going to respond in a variety of ways. Okay, so in a moment, Brett's going to lead some, some song worship, and we can join him with that. But whilst we're singing, if you want to go over and celebrate communion, then please do. It's all over there and ready. Just a really quick note this week. I'm really sorry it's not gluten-free bread as it usually is. So if that's you, don't go for the bread. I'll go and grab a biscuit. Oh, you can have a biscuit for your communion. That's, that's not strange in the slightest. Um, so, so yes, So if you would like to go and celebrate communion, that is over there. Communion is a symbolic act that Christians have been doing together for thousands of years, and there will be millions and millions of people around the world taking part today. So we are joining with our brothers and sisters around the world when we do it. Communion is where we take some bread or a biscuit, and we grab it, we, we dip it in the grape juice, which this week is squash, and we remember that Jesus gave up his body and poured out his blood for us when he died on the cross. Now, we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life so that all of us could die and be raised and start living a life now, a full life and an abundant relationship with God, knowing him as our Father. 
when we dip that bread and eat it, we are effectively saying, yes, please, either for the first time or for the 150th time, to this new life that Jesus offers us. And so if you want to do that, wherever you are, whether you identify as a Christian or not, please do. Um, otherwise, we just need to be doing some business with God in our hearts. So I'm just going to pray for us. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come, and then I just encourage you to respond however you feel appropriate. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you speak to our hearts? Would you cement what we've been talking about this morning, this call to go to our neighbors, to our streets? Would you fill our hands with everything we need? Would you fill our hearts with courage? Would you inspire us with your vision for your kingdom? Father, would you give us hearts which are drawn towards those who are lost, those who desperately need you? Would you give us courage to go? And you may want to just open your heart and just say, come Holy Spirit, in your, in your heart and in your mind. We're inviting the Holy Spirit to come in and speak to us and invest in us everything that we need for this. Come Holy Spirit. Okay, that's all for this week. I hope that blessed you and you found that helpful. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and check out our website, www.glostervineyard.org.